Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. With more than 100 lighthouses dotting the shoreline in Michigan, they're a common sight, but viewing them while on a windjammer cruise is much better. The annual tradition of walking the Mackinac Bridge returns this Labor Day, and St. Ignace is ready to welcome you to take that journey. The Highlands of Harbor Springs is soaring to new heights with a new discovery zone and so much more. And there's a new reason to stop in Nauban Way on your next UP trip. It's the northernmost point of Lake Michigan. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, and I'm really happy that you've joined me or that you've allowed me to join you uh, for today's program because we're going to go and hear about some pretty cool things. I think most of the things we're going to talk about today will be new to you, except for maybe one, one really popular event that people are really aware of. But the rest of these things will probably be really new. So stick around for the entire program. I know you're going to really be happy you did. Let's start out by heading to the Traverse City area to find out about a really neat event uh, that has something very majorly to do with the Manitou Tall Ship in Traverse City. Let's bring in Captain Dave McGinnis. Captain Dave is with the one and only beautiful Tall Ship, the Manitou. Uh, uh, Dave, should I call you Dave or Captain or Captain Dave? Dave is great. I feel the same way. So two Daves <laughs> passing in the night, just like sail ships might uh, occasionally right. do. So um, I've seen the Manitou so many times. I've been out on it a couple of times. For those who may not have uh, ever had those experiences, tell us about the Manitou. Sure. So Manitou is a replica of uh, 19th century era, late 19th century era, uh, coastal sailing uh, vessels, uh, schooners in particular, uh, which is a technical type of uh, sailing vessel she is. Um, and she was built in 1983. Uh, the hull is steel and was constructed in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And then uh, she was towed up the uh, Hudson River to Lake Champlain, where the original owner, um, who was uh, Shipwright himself, completed the uh, on-deck construction, where she's all wood on deck, wooden masts, so he did all of the rest of the construction there and started operating her on Lake Champlain. Um, that's where I first got aboard her in 1990 as the first mate. And then the boat was sold to Traverse Tallship Company at the end of that season. And I was hired as captain back then to bring her out to Traverse City in 91. And that's how she made her way here. And, and so here we are 30 years later. Yeah, both she and you got to uh, come to Traverse City and... Uh, what a what a great assignment for for both of you because it's a great <laughs> no place kidding. to live, work, and play. No well, doubt. Well, clearly, about that. I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, you bet. <laughs> so don't don't blame it. you. Well, and, yeah. and the experience on the Manitou is just a blast. Uh, uh, how can people get on board? So you can um, uh, you can call us um, uh, at eight hundred six seven eight zero three eight three or go to our website at 
tallshipsailing.com. Um, we have a description of uh, our different cruises, including our Windjammer cruises, our multi-day cruises on the website. And you can uh, book uh, any cruise either from the website or if you're more comfortable doing that by phone and you maybe have some questions, just give us a call and we can get you set up. Now, I know there are different tall ships in the state. Do you, do you offer like an educational cruise for kids? I don't recall. We do. Um, we work in conjunction with a nonprofit called Inland Seas Education Association during the spring in uh, May into early June when school lets out. And we do what they call the school ship program, and it's an environmental education program geared mostly towards middle school age kids, um, where we take them out on the bay and we the kids go through a whole series of scientific experiments out on the bay doing real science that that data is actually submitted to uh, various bodies, both um, state, I believe, and um, uh, I think they share data with you know universities, things like that. So they probably have the most comprehensive uh, datum for Grand Traverse Bay uh, that exists. That's great. I know it's really cool. Now you mentioned uh, you do cruises as well, and so you're doing a, a, a Manitou Windjammer cruise September 13th through 17th. What's going to happen there? Well, this one we're really excited about. It's um, it's our lighthouse cruise uh, where we invite aboard um, Diana Stampler, who has written uh, two different books on um, lighthouses of the Great Lakes. Uh, and she comes aboard to lead the lighthouse portion of the trip, uh, if you will. Um, so just to give you an idea what the trip itself is like to begin with, um, all of our Windjammer trips, we're really focused on trying to give people a taste of what it might have been like to sail on one of these vessels 100 years ago. Um, we can take, uh, on this trip, we can take 22 passengers in um, 11 double cabins, and they're set up bunk style. They're comfortable but very simple. Um, you know, I tell people, think of it as camping on the water, but the food's a lot better. Um, and we sail during the day, and we anchor or dock at a different destination each uh, evening where people can go ashore and explore around. Um, and they're also designed as participatory experiences where <clears throat> people can get involved with the working of the ship as much or as little as they want. Oh, they nice. can help out with line handling or down in the galley or steering the ship or none of that and kick back and just chat or read a book, play some games, enjoy the scenery, really whatever you want. Um, it's very casual and laid back. Well, it just sounds like um, such a, a great deal of fun. Um, so it's September 13th through 17th. You only have a couple of openings, so people need, need to get a hold of you really quickly if they want to participate, right? Yeah, that is correct. This one sold out last year pretty quickly, and we still have some space now, but it's not completely sold out yet. And we have kind of a neat thing in that when we get in, when when we're done for the day, we set up a big canvas awning over the deck area, just as a shelter. But it also turns out it doubles as a really nice um, movie screen. So she does essentially a a slideshow up there as she's talking about um, the history of the lighthouses. She certainly knows lighthouses, too, so I know she'll do a good job. It's coming up September 13th through 17th. For information, go to tallshipsailing.com. Our thanks to Captain Dave McGinnis for being with us today. We're heading up to the Mackinac region next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org.
It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We are going to go way up there to the tip of the mitt and beyond to uh, talk to our next guest. And I put it that way because this is one of those rare events that in effect happens in two communities and in this case over the Straits of Mackinac as well, because we're going to talk about the Labor Day Mackinac Bridge Walk. It's coming up on Labor Day, September 5. And to tell us why you need to consider staying up in St. Ignace for this weekend, let's bring in Laura Brown, the Executive Director of the St. Ignace Visitors Bureau. Laura, you know how much I love St. Ignace. It's such a cool place. Yeah, we appreciate that. It is a special place. You know, the thing is, I think most people probably would not even think about this, but St. Ignace, I think, just um, offers you that, yeah, that up north feel and that waterfront community, but the history and culture there is is so important to the state that I think that's one of the reasons why I just love the community so much. Yeah, it is. We are the uh, second oldest continuous uh, community city in the state of Michigan and the third in the country. So we do have a lot of history. We have a beautiful museum of Ojibwa culture that um, does a great job with a lot of this history. Yeah, I love that museum. And and one of the reasons I love that uh, Native American museum is that it's a museum whose story is really written by the tribe not necessarily just by the victors, so to speak. You know, so often museums tell the stories of the victors and they don't necessarily tell the stories of of the people who were in that place. And in this case, you really get that perspective. Because it's not all, you know, beautiful and glorious. There are some pretty sad things there as well. So I love Mm -hmm. the fact that they, in effect, tell the truth. Yep, yep, absolutely. And they have um, indoor-outdoor exhibits and they shop and... Yeah, like you said, it it tells the whole story. And they bring in these um, these uh, folks who are all in their various regalia, either as you know frontiersmen type people or as Native Americans or whatever it is from time to time. So just lots of reasons to go there. So that's one of the places you're going to want to go uh, while you're visiting over the Labor Day weekend in St. Ignace. What are other reasons why people need to check out St. Ignace? Oh my, we have so much to offer here. Um, We have a beautiful mile-long boardwalk that uh, stretches all around Moran Bay and goes by many points of interest, shops, restaurants. And then we also have, along that, a historical walking tour. So you can pick up a booklet at the Museum of Ojibwa Culture and follow that um, to all of these historic places in town. and it, it's just very interesting. People uh, rant and rave about that. We also have a Visit Widget app that you can download, and it can talk about all these places as you're walking along the boardwalk. Um, we also have a ton for kids. We have the Mystery Spot, uh, Castle Rock, the Deer Ranch. So um, lots to do for everyone. Yeah, I, I love the Mystery Spot. One of my favorite places. Now, you mentioned you, you mentioned an app. Um, tell us more about that. It sounds like it provides you with um, kind of like a self-guided tour opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So it's called uh, Discover St. Ignace. You can download that. Uh, not only does it have the historical walking tour, but it has anything and everything you may want to do in St. Ignace, all of the attractions, restaurants, 
hotels. Um, you can go ahead and set up your own itinerary, and it has maps and trails. So um, anything anything you're looking for, you can download right on your phone. Oh, I'll try that out next time I'm there. So next time I'm there might be for the 2022 annual Bridge Walk. It is scheduled for Monday, September 5. It's a hugely popular event. I have no idea how many people show up, but I know it's super popular. Um, and the the kind of the the rules of the walk have changed over years because of the pandemic and and such. So I'm totally um, clueless as to how people will cross the bridge this year. Do you do you have those those rules yeah, in place? I sure do. I sure do. So um, on average, it's around 50,000 people that will cross the Mackinac mm-hmm. Bridge. Um, it ranges from 40 to maybe 60,000, so an average of 50. Uh, the bridge itself is going to be closed on Labor Day from 6.30 a.m. until noon, and then the walk begins at 7 a.m. So you can start walking from either St. Ignace or Mackinac City at 7 a.m., um, up until 11.30 a.m. But the one thing you have to keep in mind is you must be to the midpoint or where you're walking back to by 10 a.m. So wherever you are at 10 a.m., you have to choose a side and head back to that spot. So some people will just go out part way and turn around. Some will walk the whole thing back and forth. Um, or another really fun option is to take a ferry to one side and then walk back to your car. Um, there will be no busing, so you do have to have, um, you know, think about that before you take off across the bridge. But uh, both ferry lines do have transportation before and after the walk, so you can either ferry to one side and walk back, or you can walk to one side and ferry back. I wasn't aware of that. Um, that's that's a really good option. I'll, I'll look for that. Um consider that. And so here's the thing. You will you will love the experience uh, and you're going to want to be prepared for it because it's a five mile walk. But Laura, I'm sure you you've recognized this before. It's a five mile walk where half of it is uphill. And that's sure a big is. difference. It's a big difference. <laughs> it's not just like walking on flat. And, and that hill is a lot, a lot more pitched than you would think. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't really look like it, but um, yeah, there is there is quite a hump in the middle of the Mackinac Bridge, so you are you are walking uphill um, at least halfway. So um, yeah, be prepared. You are able to bring baby strollers and uh, wheelchairs are allowed, but um, yeah, you do want to be prepared for a long walk. And you don't want to be stuck out there in the middle of the bridge, um, you know, at 12 noon because they'll come and sweep you away. In other words, they'll pick you up and, and drive you the rest yes. of the way, which is no yes, more. They it's will. not fun. <laughs> so now you have some other things you're doing that weekend. You have, um, is it called Arts Dockside? Yeah, correct. So that whole weekend, the third, um, actually, they'll start setting up Friday, and then it's all day on Saturday and Sunday. It's Arts Dockside, and that stretches all around uh, Moran Bay and throughout our marina. We have crafters and artists from all over the Midwest. It's a very popular event. Um, Saturday night, we will also have fireworks at dusk. So um, throughout the whole weekend, we'll have music every night, fireworks on Saturday, the art show. Um, Yeah, there's a lot to do. We'll even have a boat bash on Sunday at Kiwanis Beach. Um, Boats can come in and, 
you know, anchor out or they can stay in the water and listen to music. Now, are there still hotel rooms available for this weekend? I know it's a super popular weekend. Yeah, it is. But, um, yeah, there are hotels available and we have quite a variety. You know, we have the cute little motels that overlook the water. or We have some big hotels um, on the beach that have a tiki bar and beach volleyball, kayaking, so a little bit for everyone. And the, the casino property there has a hotel as well, right? Yeah, very nice hotel with a pool and restaurants, yes. You know, I, I was um, kind of going through Facebook and noticed that um, on 4th of July, somebody in Mackinac Island took a picture of the fireworks in St. Ignace and in Mackinac City at the same time. It was an awesomely beautiful sight. Yes, it was. I actually saw the same picture on Facebook, and um, yeah, that was beautiful. Really good. Well, we'll all look forward to heading to St. Ignace uh, that Labor Day weekend, but, you know, Laura was saying, there, there are going to be hotels available, but you do want to book them now. Don't put it off. I mean, you're really on the edge, so so make that booking now. Go to com. That is stignis.com, and then look through their hotels selection. Um, Of course, you can always go to michigan.org, as we always tell you as well. Our thanks to Laura Brown, the executive director of the St. Ignace Visitors Bureau, for being with us today. And get set for that big walk on Labor Day right here in Pure Michigan. We're going to head over to Harbor Springs next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. And before you know it, this beautiful summer weather that we've enjoyed this season is going to say goodbye for one more season. You know, we'll be back again next year. Uh, and uh, we'll be looking at uh, those those leaves turning colors. I can't wait to tell you the truth. I love fall in Pure Michigan. There's something really special about autumn here. And I think it has something to do with those, what is it, 130 different varieties of deciduous trees that we have in Michigan. Nothing against out east. They have nice fall colors, but they don't have the variety of trees that we have. And so they basically get, you know, one big blast of, of golds or or whatever. And here you get this kind of patchwork of color. I love that. Really do. And one of the best places to enjoy fall color is in that northwest part of the lower peninsula where we're going to head to next. Uh, But there's still plenty of this season to enjoy. Let's find out what we can do up there at the Highlands in Harbor Springs. Mike Chumbler is president and GM of the Highlands. Mike, that that must be a tremendous job you have. It is tremendous in in good ways. And some days, you know, it's it's a little more than I can handle. But uh, nice to be with you, Dave. Yeah, same here. I I hear the same thing. You know, people always say, well, you have the best job in the world. I said, well, I think I do. But, you know, there are those days that we call work that that are part of it as as well. So no, I'm I'm blessed to to be a part of this team. And it's a great part of the world to to raise a family. That's for sure. Well, the the Harbor Springs area is is just beautiful. Why don't you first off, kind of give us a little description of Harbor Springs. Sure. So, so we're just a few miles outside of Harbor Springs at the Highlands here, and it's just a wonderful little community, as is Petoskey, which is, you know, out our back door as well, you know, surrounded 
surrounding Lake Michigan. Um, it, it gives you that Cape Cod feeling uh, in when you're in Harbor Springs. Great little shops and restaurants and just an absolutely beautiful setting. It, all four seasons, frankly, and um, as you indicated in the opening, fall coming up on fall, it, it's my favorite time as well. And it, the, the sheer beauty just in this region is is second to none. Yeah, I agree. And of course, the Highlands is there in uh, Harbor Springs, a very important part of the the Boyne uh, properties. Um, uh, Boyne USA, I think, is the company's name, right? Uh, Boyne Resorts. No. Yeah, Boyne Resorts. Okay, very good. So, you, so you have the Highlands. There is uh, Boyne Grand Mountain, and uh, let's see, what else am I forgetting? The Inn at Bay Harbor. The Inn at Bay Harbor, of course. How can I forget that? Talk about a beautiful view. But um, let's specifically kind of center in on the Highlands today. I know you've been going through a really impressive uh, thinking process on the branding and on the uh, property itself. And you've invested a lot of time, a lot of thought, and a lot of money in making a bunch of adjustments. What are we going to be seeing when we visit the Highlands next? Well, there's a few things, and uh, you alluded to our rebrand. In early December um, of 21, we, we launched our 2030 transformational journey, as we referred to it. It's our, it's our roadmap for, the, for 2030, and in that, a very aggressive and exciting plan. Um, and, I, and I should note that the Highlands, many uh, maybe listening knew it as Boyne Highlands. We, in the rebrand, we, we simply shortened it up to call it the Highlands. Many of us that are stakeholders, you know, owners and stakeholders in the event, in the resort have called it the Highlands forever. And in this rebrand, we didn't want to mix up with our sister property, which we're still very much a part of Boyne and Boyne Mountain Resort is where it all started 26 miles down the road. But having our own identity during this rebrand, we changed our logo, freshened that up. So it, it that's part of this process in the 2030 um, uh, journey that we're starting on. And in that journey, We've already started with our main lodge hotel. We have 90, uh, 89 new rooms, completely redone, upscale rooms in our main lodge, and we'll continue through that building. Um, there's there's many, many things on the docket from uh, lift infrastructure, ski lift infrastructure, to uh, food and beverage outlets, which we're calling our 19th Tea, which is a 50-person steak and sushi restaurant that mm. we look to start on in the not too distant future and spa uh, spa will uh, experiential spa will be a big big part of it um, located in the in the lodge itself multi-floor pool complexes it, it's it's really a, a, an, a as i said an aggressive but incredibly exciting you know a transformation like i said we call it that because it will transform this place and and you know take us to levels um, you know where we where we aspire to be and it's 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 an exciting time and it'll be a pivotal 10 years for us for sure eight well, to 10 years as you go through all this this transformation you have quite a heritage to live up to um the, this property's been there for a long time and has been uh, pleasing guests for many years that's right uh, mr kircher uh, acquired the Highlands in 1963, and uh, I think it took, uh, his son reminds us, it only took 13 months for the, them to build what exists as the main lodge now, and it, it he, you know, he also brought the first uh, triple chair lift, you know, he brought Austrian ski school, he wanted fine high-end culinary, and just um, experience, you know, pool, the outdoor pool was put in at that time, so 
we're just using that original DNA and in, in ramping it up, putting it on steroids. And, and, you know, what the Highlands, it's always been about authentic hospitality and you feel like you're arriving at home. And we're just trying to nurture that. And like I said, you know, uh, put it on steroids and, and, you know, modernize the place, freshen it up, but not lose sight of the charm, whether it's through the architecture and the original vision. We could use that as our kind of our roadmap. Well, of course, as the property even gets better with this um, really upgraded room design with the spa coming in and all that, it's going to be a, a great place to visit, you know, just to be in the area. But at this time of the year, people head to the Highlands because you just happen to have some of the best golfing in America. We like to think so, Dave. Yep. Um, you know, and it, we have, we're, we're blessed with four courses, four championship courses right here on our property, the Highlands. We have 10 all told in Michigan. So golf is a big part of our uh, uh, summer business, summer and fall, of course. And whether you want to come up and play 18 holes and stay, you know, play one round of golf and stay overnight or unlimited, we have packages we put together. Or if you want to play all 10, you know, you can stay a week and play a different course every day. And and we, we have... Uh, great is our donald ross memorial course we're going through some redesigns on that to take it back to his original architecture look and feel the arthur hills i would argue is the most scenic golf course in northern michigan of course we're biased but hmm. the, the, the fall foliage is spectacular when you're up atop our 13th tee it's it's the best view in the region so yeah golf is a big part but so much more than golf too if you're you know if, if not a golfer maybe you're a biker we have bike park that access by a chairlift we have hiking trails we have horseback riding we have uh if you just want to ride the chair and see the sheer beauty take a chairlift ride you want to hop on a segway and ride through the trails up top too you can do that so we like to think we can appeal to all all family members whether you're a golfer or not or a skier in the winter um, there's usually something to do. Oh, there's plenty to do, and it's a big campus, so there, there's a, a plenty to enjoy in a really, really big, beautiful area. Now, you've just completed the renovation of your Discovery Center, where people check in. Um, where do people now go? Is it the same same area, or is there a, a brand new building? So this this building is the first structure you see when you pull on the Highlands property, and it's a beautiful uh, architectured. It, it, actually was a home um, years and years ago. Mr. Kircher's friend had occupied it as a home. So now we've converted that into what we're calling our discovery center. Cedar shake roof, beautiful architecture, as I said. And it, it's when you, if you're staying in a, a cottage or the hotel or anywhere in between, you check in there. So everyone can disperse easily from that first point of contact. You walk in, it's this bright, airy, modern feel. Um, but you feel like you're walking into someone's living room. They, they usually have cookies going. You want a mimosa, you want a, a coffee, et cetera. So you, it's a very welcoming um, uh, location that we opened in the spring, May. And we find that people, even after they've checked in, you know, they, they want to just come and hang out there. There's a patio in the back and there's a little pond. So it's a very um, a great first touch point to the experience that couples nicely with the new renovated rooms. I look forward to checking it out. I hope I'm up there before the ski season, but uh, if great. not, uh, I'm sure I'll be up there in the ski season. How many, how many, um, um, I don't know what you call those, not lifts, how many areas are there to ski? Well, we're, we're the property itself, I should start there, we're about 3,300 acres. Call it just under, you know, 450 skiable acres. 
we have eight chair lifts and two carpets so it's 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 pretty vast it's uh you know and we're always looking to add as I said, lift infrastructure, and uh, we we have room to even expand terrain on our northern end of the property. So, yeah, there, there's certainly a lot to offer if you like the winter activities as well. Cross-country, snowshoe, uh, fat tire biking. Uh, we have these two experiential events that we call our Enchanted Trail. If you want to just walk through the woods, lit up. Very serene. You end up at a yurt and, and have uh, s'mores, etc. It's so. it's it's really cool. The whole thing is cool. Uh, any time of the year. It's in Harbor Springs, the Highlands. And for information, go to HighlandsHarborSprings.com. Our thanks to Mike Chumbler for being with us today. We're going to head up to the UP next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, and I know this might seem like a, a, a unique time of the year to be talking about this, but it really isn't. We're going to be talking about a place in the Upper Peninsula in the beautiful little town of Nobinway. Do you know where Nobinway is? Nobinway is this little town where I once saw a mountain lion, by the way. Uh, this little town along US 2. If you cross the Mackinac Bridge going north, and then you go from St. Ignace toward, uh, let's say, Escanaba. You're going to eventually go through Nobin Way on that trail. And you're going to go through the most beautiful road I-, I can think of, actually. U.S. 2, when it, when it crosses right along that shoreline of Lake Michigan at the northern part of uh, Lake Michigan, it is just awesomely beautiful. So hard to describe. But Charlie Valier might be able to describe this. Uh, Charlie is the chairperson of the top of the Lake Snowmobile Museum. And I think uh, Charlie also represents the top of the Lake Communities Association. So we're going to find out uh, what Charlie and the group has been up to lately. Charlie, it's great to have you on the show. Yes, thank you. Good to be with you. Well, I was there. I met with you last fall, I think it was. I was up there with the Under the Radar guys, Tom Dalton and Jim Edelman, and we were recording some segments for the TV show, and it was really great to meet you. And and I had told you even then, I had never been to the top of the Lake Snowmobile Museum before. I had driven by it many times, and I really enjoyed the visit. Tell people about the museum. All right. Well, the museum itself, uh, we started in 07, we're about the history of snowmobiling, uh, so we've got some of the homemade stuff, some of the one-of-a-kind stuff. Uh, we've got lots of different things. Uh, snowmobiling is a big part of the UP. Started off uh, as work sled- snowmobiling started for work sleds right here in this town in Abenway is a fishing village, and you go 200 miles, or excuse me, two miles out into Lake Michigan, get 200 pounds of fish. You had to have a way of carrying them off the ice. So when the snowmobile came along, they used the snowmobile. Mm. So they were started for work. That's what snowmobiling started for. Um, and then, of course, it got into recreation vehicles and it got into racing. Uh, so we've got 185 snowmobiles here. Uh, we have people from all over the United States and the country. Uh, people from all different countries are, are stop here. We keep track of that best we can. Um, we're open nine to five, seven days a week. Um, 
it's what I do. Uh, um, it's my hobby. Um, but you were saying about Knobway, it's 42 miles west of the Mackinac Bridge, right on the it's US-2, which is now called the Scenic Byway. We had that uh, designated here two or three years ago as a Scenic Byway. Um, it's and it makes sense that you had that done, by the way. Yeah, we did it through the, of course, through M, with MDOT yep. and the Top of the Lake Communities Association. Got it, yeah. Right, based here, right out of Navaway, it's like a chamber of commerce, but we call it now Top of the Lake Communities Association. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, so you know, I'm glad you did that. First off, the scenic route is scenic, but then you come along into Little Navaway and you see that little museum. And I know for years I went by and I thought, well, yeah, maybe I'll stop by one of these days. You, the way you described it, you have a bunch of snowmobiles. Well, let me tell you, the way you present them. And the wide variety of sleds that you have there from way long ago to the really modern sleds to the racer sleds that you talked about. And then you have some really other interesting uh, equipment there that uh, I, I just I was surprised to see. Uh, tell us about some of those kind of unique vehicles sure. you have there. Um, you know, they were, we call it conquering the snow. They were, you know, tighter than the snowshoes and the dog sleds and the skis. So they were conquering the snow. Most of the guys wanted to get further in out onto the lakes fishing instead of walking with snowshoes or whatever. Um, so they came up, these smart people, you, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago, came up with different kind of contraptions, I guess you would call them, um, to traverse the snow uh you know the the guy that's got the, is blessed with the first manufactured snow sled it was the elias and out of wisconsin he was a trapper he wanted to get free he had bad legs he hmm. wanted to get further into the woods trapping so he had a toboggan and he put some type of a outboard motor on it because outboard motors were around he rigged up this outboard motor to this toboggan in 1924 um so and he he built one the first year, and the second year his neighbor wanted one. He built them out in his back garage, and then the military wanted to buy 200. He hmm. couldn't produce 200 in 1939, so he contracted with the four-wheel drive company to produce the first 200. So he's been blessed with the first manufactured snow sled yeah. for the military. Well, um, and, and so that and the neat a, thing is that you, you have that all on display there. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yes. And you have different different examples of those, you know, different versions of those sleds. So when you go right. through there, I, I, seriously, I think you're going to really enjoy it. And you don't have to be a snowmobiler to have a good time there. No, we get some of the guys that are um, mechanics or engineers. They want to see how it was built, how it runs, how it works. They're down on the floor looking at this, looking at that. Um, yeah, you don't have to be a snowmobiler to enjoy the how how they've progressed along the way. We get some car guys in here to say the same thing. Back in the early 20s, how the cars progressed along, and they say, well, the snowmobiles did, really did the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Yes. That's a pretty neat thing. Well, so your your organization is called the Top of the Lake Communities Association, appropriately named because uh, Knobbin Way is at that point where Lake Michigan is is at the northernmost point. And you've created a, a, a giant, I guess it's like a steel map of the state. Um, where is that and, and how do we see it? Okay. It is, it's made out of stainless steel. We wanted it so it wouldn't rust. So it's about 12 feet tall. It's, like I said, made out of stainless steel. It's at the Garfield Township Marina in, in excuse me, in Knobbin Way. Um, 
the northernmost point is actually like a mile east of Navaway, but it's right along US 2. There was no parking lot because the lake comes right up to the road at the northernmost point a mile before you get to Navaway, uh, coming from the bridge. Um, so that would would not be a safe place to put it. You know, we'd have to build a parking lot on the opposite side of the road. People would have to walk across the road to see the monument. Yeah. It's just not a safe place because of the highway. So we got permission from Garfield Township to put it at the marina, which is right here in Nobinway. They've got a play a playground. They've already got a parking lot there. It's plowed. It's maintained. So that was the, the spot that we chose to put the monument at. Sounds, sounds perfect. Uh, I'm going to check it out next time I'm driving through. Now, when people are driving through, in addition to seeing the museum, making sure to stop and see that, that big map, what else would you recommend people do in the Knobbin Way area? Sure. There's the Garland Zoo is four or five miles outside of town. Um, they've got all kinds of different animals called the Garland Zoo. Um, we do a tractor show in, in Engadine in August. Um, we have a snowmobile show in February. Um, and then we're also, once you're in Nobinway, you're only 45 minutes or an hour away from the Big Springs in Manistee. Yeah. You're only 45 minutes away from Mackinac Island, maybe an hour away from the Sioux Locks. So there's a lot to see just within an hour of the little town of Nobinway. Yeah, I agree. And so I don't know if you caught that uh, one day I was driving through there and I saw a mountain lion cross the road. I never yeah. really believed they were there until I saw one. I said, well, Lots of apparently they're there. Yeah, so the wildlife yeah. is certainly there. I can't imagine yeah. I'll ever see that again in my life, but it was it was pretty awesome. Oh, you I, see coyotes and eagles. Yeah. And my granddaughter just saw a fox yesterday along the road. Um, and, and perhaps a few deer, perhaps. Yes, a few deer. Yes, there you go. Hey, Charlie, thanks for joining us. Charlie Vellier, chairperson of the Top of the Lake Snowmobile Museum. Check out that museum you're going to really like it. You really will. Uh, the website is topofthelake.org. And uh, the next time you visit uh, the UP, you'll just plain be happy that you did. That's all the time we have for Travel Michigan for this week. I am already looking forward to next week. We'll talk to you then here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling.